0: Oilers
1: Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down?
0: Yeah, Digitex does that.
1: D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.
0: I'm Mark Specter, sitting in for Bob Stoffer here on orders now on 6:30. Chad, Brendan, Scott, the other side of the glass, riding shotgun. Uh, we'll get to some techs in this, hopefully before the half hour is out on our... That's at 6:30. 6:30. That's a Heartland Ford text line out in Fort Saskatchewan. Uh, and we should remind you that Stoffer and Spector, every Tuesday, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta and the 7,000 men and women that work in the Alberta horse racing industry. Game night tonight: Oilers at Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Oilers are going to try to get right back on the pony. They're going to try to win one. Uh, they had a five-game road winning streak snapped last night, 4-2 loss in Washington. Uh, so you got to turn that around. What do they say, right? Good teams don't lose two in a row. Oilers have been a good team so far this year. You can't say that the, that they haven't been. Uh, just competitive, right? Even when you lose a game last like last night, I felt very competitive win in it all the way. Gave up two early goals and chased that game. But uh, you know what? Almost caught up after a while. Uh, Let's go to an interview now that uh, Brandon Escott did with Oil Kings assistant coach Luke Pierce, uh, talking about the junior team in town. This up and down season for the Oil Kings, Brandon. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to hear his thoughts on this stuff, and his first time on the
2: show, my first time interviewing somebody on the show. So, uh, bear with us. All right, <laughs> here we go. As we tee it up, joined now by uh, assistant coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Luke Pierce. Luke, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well thanks Happy to have you aboard, you get a couple days off with with the team being absent I'm sure you're keeping a close tab on your captain out in the uh, WHL A couple of games that they've got going on though
1: yeah I know for sure. Uh, I got a chance to watch him last night. Uh, I, I thought he had a good night Looked a little bit scrambly as a game. I think just uh, you know guys not familiar with one another, but i I thought Trey looked real good and uh, not surprising. I mean he's been uh, he's been on a bit of a tear here. so happy to see him uh, get rewarded with that opportunity.
2: obviously, he was he's been kind of the guy here for the last couple of years. Did you expect the kind of offensive output that he's been putting on so far?
1: Well, I think anybody'd be lying if they said they you know could see what he's been doing uh for sure i we always hoped that he'd bring that maybe but um uh, coaching against him when I was with Cootenney he was you know he was a, a unique player and uh a difficult one to to defend uh with his balance and his strength and but to see his confidence really growing here throughout this year and um you know he's he's doing things the right way, he's working his butt off and you know, he's distributing pucks really well, and, and he's he's a tough player to defend, so it's, as surprising as it is, it's also, um, you know, I, I think very much deserved, and, and I don't see him really slowing down just because of the way he's been playing.
2: Do you get the sense that there was some things that he might have picked up when he was at uh, camp with Columbus that have really amplified his game this season?
1: But yeah, for sure. I, he came back, and I think just an extra little boost of confidence. But he also, I think, you know, built some relationships with some pretty key players there um, that probably shared some things with them. And I think he got a taste of you know what it was going to take to to get to that level. And you know, through the start of the year, there was a little bit up and down at times with the effort and, and consistency. And you know, I think you kind of get that. Uh, um, you know feel like you're you know maybe ahead of the league a little bit you don't put in the work every day uh every shift but for the last you know 10 games or so i mean he's consistently been lights out uh every time he's on the ice and uh, there's a hunger there and uh and he's pushing on his teammates too and i think that's uh shows signs of his growth as a leader
2: I'll ask you this because I was I was watching the game in Kamloops last night and uh, I watched Cody Glass go really hard into the end boards. And I wonder from the perspective of somebody in an organization whose star player is, is participating in one of these games, do you hold your breath a little bit for something like that happening? Do you worry yeah, a little bit? Sure.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, we, especially with the situation that we're in now with, you know we're already short some bodies and we've we've obviously had some injuries on the back end and you know you're kind of feels like you're playing with fire sometimes and you know with jake neighbors out at the under 17 same thing there i mean you you hope they enjoy the experience and they and they have success and, and all that but you're just you kind of you know your heart's in your throat a little bit watching them play and uh you know just just praying that they get through it healthy and, and they come back selfishly i mean that's what we want is, is to have them back healthy but uh you know, I both those players play the game, uh, you know, hard and on the edge a little bit. So there's always that little bit of a concern. But uh, you know, I think uh, it's still it's worth uh, it's worth what they're doing for for their own sakes.
2: Is there any benefit to uh, to the Oil Kings organization? I mean, obviously a chance to showcase uh, your talent and, and kind of your star player. But with the CIBC Canada Russia Series, do you guys see any kind of trickle down benefit from that? Do you know? I think there's
1: benefit, uh, yeah, for, for the organization as far as exposure goes and just the recognition that, uh, but I, I think the biggest benefit is the individual player. I think just to, for them to be rewarded for the work they're putting in and, and the fact that people recognize it. I mean, as humans and, you know, especially as teenagers, um, they're always, I think, need that recognition and, and, uh, you know, the, uh, the approval that they're, you know, they're doing the right things and then they're being rewarded for it. So, you know, we can't always provide that as coaches. I think sometimes we take it for granted and, and, you know, we're always so focused on the guys maybe that are struggling and giving them the attention because we're trying to get them on page. But uh, the guys who are having success like Trey's been having and Jake, they deserve that recognition too. And and they get it from an outside source. That's uh, that's great for them. and, And in turn, I think great for our team.
2: Joined by assistant coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Luke Pierce, Brendan Escott here on Oilers Now. Um, Luke, you didn't, uh, you weren't part of the team when they drafted Jake Neighbors, but just speak to his development and and you know how you guys have come about nursing his game along, and then maybe is there any sort of that pattern that you've seen success with that you want uh, um, Dylan Gunther to follow in the same?
1: Yes and no. I think you know very different players. Um, but I think Brad's done a tremendous job with Jake so far, and, and I'm sure he will do with uh, with Dylan. Is not handing them the keys to the car here right away, and uh, you know, giving them the opportunities when they've earned them. And you know, Jake's obviously got his minutes on our power play and and some minutes with our top line. And but there's been days where, as any 16 year old, they he just hasn't been you know sharp, and and uh, his his minutes have have reflected that. So. Uh, I think bringing them along slowly, and at times I think it's frustrating for the player, but, uh, you know, it's, it's in my opinion, I think the right thing to do, and you'll have that player be a much more mature player at, you know, 17, 18, 19 than, than just giving them, uh, you know, the keys to the kingdom right away. So I think in, in Jake's case, I mean, he's... Uh, He's going to be a real solid 200 foot guy that uh, that'll play, you know, a full game. And, and Dylan, I think he's going to have to really grow that part. His offense is obviously off the charts, and uh, there's going to be aspects to his game that he'll have to learn too. So, I think the slow approach that uh, that Brad's taken to an extent has been really effective.
2: You did get to see him in action against uh, both Regina and Swift. Curran didn't register any points, was a minus one over those two games. But overall, what did you think of his performance in his first kind uh, of foray at the WHL level?
1: Yeah, it was real good. I think, you know, um, two real hard-working teams, and especially Regina played a real physical game, and uh, probably the most physical we've seen since we got back from that road trip. So, uh, he didn't show any, you know, signs of fear that way, which, you know, sometimes is a concern for 15-year-olds. But, uh, you know, he was in there, You know I thought he battled real hard, and and, uh, we didn't hide him, you know, from, from any of their guys. And, you know, he played against some of their top players at times, and um, thought he was real good. And I, you could see in Swift Current, he was feeling more comfortable and had some opportunities there, and and made some real good plays offensively. And you know, he's he'll have no problem. Um, you know, from from that standpoint in our league, it's uh, it'll just take him some time. I think with some added strength and things like that, that uh, he'll be a real solid player for us. You
2: guys are ten seven and one on the season, second in the Central Division, and. uh is there a streakier team in the league than you guys right now? Yeah, no kidding. It's uh,
1: you know I think uh, you're always feeling good when the streaks going the right way. It's just uh, trying to make sure the, the the bottom doesn't fall out when you're uh, when you're struggling. So certainly something that uh, you know we want to we want to clamp down on here this weekend.
2: Does that uh like how does that affect the mindset of the room when you've got such a I don't want to say bipolar necessarily but it's basically you went 5 wins and then 7 losses and then 5 more wins Yeah it's uh
1: it's strange I mean I think that speaks to being teenagers and and you know the mental aspect of it I, I think we went on that streak down on the on the road trip there and it was games that we probably should have won um and didn't but we we don't recognize that much like when you're winning there's games you probably didn't deserve to win and you do and and you don't recognize that so i think it's just being more aware of you know not looking at the result but looking at how you're playing as a group and you know it's cliche, but you, you play the right way. Most nights you'll probably come out on the right side of it. So um, you have to be careful that uh, you know you, you don't uh, get too high on, on thinking that you're, you're world beaters when you're winning games. And, and make sure that you're continuing to work on some things that are maybe uh, being masked by the results. And, and same things when you're losing, not starting to beat yourself up and trying to find the things that you're doing well.
2: Chatting with the assistant coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Luke Pierce. Luke, uh, last one for you here. You guys have uh, Kootenai again and then Medicine Hat coming up this weekend. It feels like about the ninth time you've played the Kootenai ice already this season. So what have you learned in some of those previous meetings you plan to carry forward this weekend?
1: Yeah, I know. It seems like we've yeah, definitely if we've been down there enough. I uh, my back would attest to that on that bus trip. So, um, you know, they're they've kind of had a, uh, an interesting start. You know, they've uh, they've shown they can they can play with everybody and score goals, and their power plays real dangerous at times. And and then they've had kind of some some uh, doldrums there as well. So they're going to be a real hungry team coming home off of a road trip. And you know, obviously uh, they lost their last two, I think, on it. So. Uh, they'll be looking to, to get back at it. And they're a good team at home. Their crowds have been really good. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a loud building when they get into it. So for us, I think our start is really key, and, and especially just trying to bounce back from our most recent loss too. So it's a big weekend for us, you know, all three divisional games. And um, we got to find a way at least to, to
0: come out with a couple of All right, that's Luke Pierce. Oil Kings. Assistant coach with Brendan Escott there. The Oil Kings on the road this weekend. Three out of four. They go into Kootenai, Medicine Hat. That's Friday, Saturday. Day off. Uh, Monday, November 12th, they play in Lethbridge. Then they come home. Uh, No, they stay in Lethbridge all week by the looks of it. Then they come home and play Kelowna next Saturday, the 17th. Uh, That will be at Rogers Place. All right, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. We'll open up the Heartland Ford. That's Fort Saskatchewan, Heartland Ford text line. Uh, when we come back here on Oilers Now on 630 Chad. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio
1: 630 Chad.
0: Now on 630 Chad. I'm Mark Spector in for Bob Stoffer. Brendan Scott working on the other side of the glass with us. He's got something he's got to clarify in just a second. I want to, this is the one I always listen Bob says it's just an honor to be able to plug Royal Pizza, having consumed many a wheel there in my time. Uh, pizza, pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. That's what I need, Brandon. be should be walking around with a pizza app on my phone like I don't eat enough pizza and I don't eat enough Royal Pizza. Uh, I'm going to say my recommendation is, in fact, not the Mediterranean chicken that uh, young Bob Stoffer tends to prefer. I'm a Fred Special guy, my friend. How about you, Brett? What's on the Fred Special? Oh, like... It's kind of a variation on a ham and pineapple, but it's got a little bit extra juice on there. I think they got mushrooms on there and a few other things. You know, I'm not a straight ham pineapple guy, but I don't mind those as ingredients when I'm building a pizza. I see. So they they, they are complementary pieces, but they are not the main attraction. Well, you know, when you're building a good team, Brendan, it's all about the complementary pieces. Uh, <laughs> let's face it; you can only have, like, you you know, you need parts. You got to get some fourth line goals on that pizza. Uh let's go now to the text line, Heartland Ford text line. Now, are you getting some flack on there, Brendan? Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me just clarify this. When we were talking about why
2: they wouldn't bring Coach Quenville in here, uh, in addition to the fact that McClellan hasn't deserved to lose his job, by any stretch of the imagination. I mentioned that Quenville would command a pretty hefty salary. I did not specifically say that, that would count against the salary cap. I'm just saying for an organization, you know, if you if you want to save a penny here or there, forking out the second most amount of dollars to a coach in the entire league is not a good way to go about doing that. So that's what I meant. I did not actually think that that counted against the team's salary cap.
0: Well, that's fair. And, and you know, when you talk about Joel Quenville and where is he going to go, uh, I'll tell you what, Mike Yo in uh, St. Louis... Uh, they have the horses there and they're not getting anything out of them. I would suggest that his seat got a lot hotter. Of course, Joel Quenville coached in St. Louis for several seasons. Uh, however, however, Joel Quenville was the second highest paid coach in the league, as you point out, behind Mike Babcock in Toronto. Babcock makes about $8 bucks, and I suspect that Quenville was around the 5-6 mark. Uh, I'm here to tell you the St. Louis Blues aren't paying their head coach 5 or $6 million. Not the St. Louis Blues that I know. They're a budget team. They don't make money. Uh, and they struggle. And, you know, we always look around and go, why wouldn't he coach there? Why wouldn't he coach there? Well, part of the deal is Joel Quenville, you know, he's not going to go coach a team that's going to pay him far less than what he's making. He's a $5 million coach. And that's, he's going to go to teams that have that in their budget, Brendan. And I personally, I suspect that St. Louis Blues do not have that in their budget.
2: So if not there, I mean, what is the next logical option? Because you've, I mean, Willie Desjardins right now is the interim head coach in Los Angeles. Could Quenville
0: potentially be the long-term replacement for there? Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, uh, we talked about how a coach needs the horses to to get the job done, and I suspect that Willie Desjardins is in a bit of a no-win situation for me. Uh, I don't like his horses in L.A. right now, and his goaltender, Jonathan Quick, who's a huge part of that team. Goalies are always a huge part of your team, I get it, but Quick is... uh, I mean, when he's right, you know, to me, he's a, certainly a top five goalie in the league. Uh, he's not right. He's got lower body issues. I think it's an MCL thing. Uh, and if you, if you're Willie Desjardins and you don't have Jonathan Quick, you're going with Jack Campbell and Peter Budai, uh, I think the cards are stacked against you. So my question would be, if I'm Joel Quenville, I look at the lineups, right? I don't want to take over a team that's heading into a rebuild. I don't want to take over. You know, I'm leaving Chicago where the best before date has passed. Uh, I want to go into a place like a St. Louis where it looks like they got some stuff. I don't mind Philly's lineup. They're not getting much done with it. Uh, you know, that's a place where Dave Hackstall could be in a little bit of trouble one day soon. I don't want to go into Ottawa if they replace Guy Boucher. Uh, that's not a place I want to go. If i'm if i'm joel quenville i'm not going near that job so you got to marry up the coach with the budget and the coach with the roster Brendan, and that's where you might find some success in predicting quenville's uh, whereabouts and not only that but like i alluded to before this is just kind of me going out on a whim but would you
2: spend an entire decade with one franchise and you win three cups i mean that i can't even imagine how much of a toll that would take on on you as a person you've made a lot of money if you're quenville Do you really want to jump right back into it? I mean, we saw Barry Trotz do it when he left uh, Nashville after um, uh, one decade or more, correct? Yeah. And uh, I just don't, I don't know, at 60 years old, if if Quenville's going to be the the guy to just get right back into something unless it is an absolutely seamless fit. And like you're saying, I don't know if there is one right now.
0: Uh, uh, That's fair. And you also saw Trotz win a cup in Washington and land the very next fall behind the bench of the New York Islanders. So, It's in there, blood. Uh, For the record, Joel Quinville has uh, this season and next on his contract, so he's making big money. He can just chill. Uh, And don't forget, Alain Vino's out there somewhere too, probably looking to get back into the business right now. Uh, Let's go to our Heartland text line. Uh, Spec: are the culpable players in the Uber video debacle... Disciplined by team management, or do you think this results in a case of good old-fashioned dressing room justice? Uh, There will be no dressing room justice for that core group of players, first of all. Uh, They're embarrassed, and uh, they've brought shame upon their organization and i think that they're just going to have to they are they didn't face the media today but they're all are going to have to face the media on this and it's just a lousy day to be one of those guys in that fan what do you think brendan i think that what they've already endured is
2: punishment enough and to be honest with you if if they're not if they're making valid points i don't know from an organizational standpoint how you come back at them and say that they're wrong for saying what they said if the players are that tuned out then the coach's message isn't landing and
0: that's a problem too yeah, it'd be real tough to be the assistant coach in charge of the power play. It'd be tough to be Guy Boucher. Uh, listen, you know, what do they say? And I, I, I'm not suggesting for a minute that any of those players were inebriated. They surely didn't appear to be. But I know there's an old saying that the stuff you say when you're drunk is the real truth. <laughs> and the stuff you say when you don't think anyone's listening is often the real truth. And I suspect... That no one in Ottawa will be convinced that the words out of those players' mouths weren't the words they believed to be the real truth. That's the biggest issue, right? That's the biggest. All those guys got to get back in a meeting room and talk about the power play again mm-hmm. today. Uh, that won't be comfortable. Exactly.
2: I'll tell you what, Mark, this would be a good time to get to this day in Oilers history. And Let's it's go. brought
0: to you by
2: New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group vacation package with New West Travel and receive free parking at the value park at Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation dreams. On this day in 2003, Fernando Pisani and Ethan Morrow each have a goal and an assist as the Oilers and Senators play to
0: a 3-3 tie. Well, that sounds like a real canoe tipper, as old Jim Matheson would say. <laughs> All right, thanks for that, Brendan. That's this day in Oilers history. Uh, and we're at the end of our clock here on Oilers Now here on a Tuesday. It's a game day. Face-off show with Reed Wilkins and Rob Brown goes in. 4 p.m. here on 6:30, Chad. They're going to drop a pocket 5:30. That'll be Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer behind the microphones at the Amelie Arena down in Tampa. Uh, I want to thank Brendan Escott for carrying me through this one, and 6:30, uh, Chad, for giving me a chance to do a show for fun. Hope I made it through. Hope you stuck with me. Stick with your hockey team. They're playing pretty good hockey. They'll be on tonight again. 5:30 on 6:30, Chad. I'm Mark Spector. I'm out.